You are listening to Apply Pressure to the Wound, brought to you by HealthGuard First Aid. It's a troubling time. We're here to help. Visit us online at healthguardfirstaid.com. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Troy Barrera, Mm -hmm. HealthGuard First Aid. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. It's like the fourth time that we've tried to record this. Yeah. It's it's um, interesting trying to get things recorded in a in a confined space where people. you can't you can't really tell people to get out of the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up and yeah. get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, let's take let's try this again. Health guard first aid. What's that about? Uh, we're a first aid advisory group. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Meaning that we have uh, people that clients, potential clients that come to us. Mm-hmm. We help them with services along the lines of customized first aid uh-huh. uh, kits. And then uh, through that, b- before we even get to that, we get to a consultation, mm-hmm. which is initially just kind of getting the idea of what their first aid education is. Mm-hmm. And during that uh, consultation, we provide them some resources that come with that, like a 911 call script, a medical history sheet, and so and a vital tracking sheet. Wait, so so it's not just first aid kits. It's you do a consultation. Yes. What does that What does that entail? What does that look like? So that is. Um, it's interesting that you ask because that is kind of that that is the service we provide the most. Uh-huh. While we are a first aid kit. Uh, company and we we specialize in customizing that mm-hmm. we get most of the time consultations because that in itself is usually enough for people to try and start taking action on their own mm-hmm. and what we do is initially uh, before we even ever talk to them we send out uh, an email to them to confirm the appointment date and to mm-hmm. give them the resources I had just mentioned mm-hmm. and in there we give them a rundown of what we'll be talking about and mm-hmm. The type of questions we'll be asking, the type of information we need for them, how many people live in the home, how many employees they have in their business. So uh, you go for homes and businesses. Homes and businesses, okay. yes. And then also, uh, you know, what type of first aid supplies they do have currently, uh-huh. and then to put that all in one place for the initial arrival. But since it's been quarantined, you know, we've been doing this virtually so we ask them to send us pictures mm-hmm. instead of uh, us being on scene and we do it through you know zoom or whatever mm-hmm. but uh in that initial consultation we just ask them various scenario based questions along the lines of what they would do in emergency situations and how they would talk to 911 um what <laughs> because <laughs> the reason i say that is because it seems like how you would talk to 911 is you call 911. That's what you do. Yeah, they're a human. You know, you're talking to a human, so, like, you talk to them like anyone else. No, 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 no. See, what happens is I call 911. Okay. They say, what's your emergency? I say, it's bad. And then they're there. And then Dr. Gray busts in mm-hmm. with, with a and life-saving device in her hands. That's usually how it doesn't happen. <laughs> Um, you know, that's usually the opposite of what happens. 
Uh, and that is kind of, that's the misconception around first aid is that when you're talking to 911, when there is an emergency, mm-hmm. that there's this life saving force that is, you know, no one can stop us yeah. and we're going through. Your, and, your cell phone turns into a magic. Yeah, water. everyone is Tokyo drifting that fucking ambulance yeah. through the lights <laughs> and we're just on our fucking way. Okay. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's just not how it goes. No? It's a pretty okay. steady ride the whole time. Yeah. Um Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. So 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 it's not a magic wand and there's no Tokyo drift. No Tokyo drift. Okay. okay. Um all right, so this consultation, you said you do that the most. So, yes. So you said you take people through what? How does that work? They, you said you email them. They, they tell you what, what information are they giving you when you email them? So we, uh, I usually just ask them for what supplies they do have in the home and what supplies they're looking for. And uh, I just asked that initially just so I can get an idea of where their headspace is when they're contacting me, mm-hmm. reasons as to why they're contacting me. Um, is there like anyone with certain conditions that I should be aware of so that we can talk specifically about those scenarios? Um, or wait, wait, wait. So, so when someone wants a uh, consultation and you ask them what they have, you don't, you don't just try and sell them a whatever you think is necessary kit no. you ask them what you like so you'll build on whatever they have yeah so some people don't want to buy a 300 dollars for say kit mm-hmm. some people don't feel feel that they have everything that they need or some people really do have everything they need they just need to know if what they have is right for what they need it for mm-hmm. uh so they need some reassurance and permission around that okay but uh yeah we we also one of our other services that we offer, since you mentioned just using what they have, mm-hmm. we offer a subscription, which is where no matter if you have something that is outsourced from us or something that you have gotten yourself, mm-hmm. we can match to our, you know, to what we have, mm-hmm. those same supplies and refill them at cost. So I have a kit. Mm-hmm. I don't want what you're selling. Right. You're like, fuck Because that. I'm completely prepared and I need absolutely no one's help. Yes. But I don't want to be bothered with replacing my own shit. Mm-hmm. So you'll come in and do that? Yes. How often? Um, so the subscription is for a quarterly subscription. Oh, so you come in every three months and, mm-hmm. you, and you refill whatever and, shit? Yes, and take vitals for up to six people. Vitals. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Vitals. So vitals are what I know what people, vitals are. It's the cuff, the cuff that yes. you go and sit in at Walgreens. And you're you're right, kind of maybe sometimes. That's a toy. That's a toy. <laughs> That's what we use and we look at and we see all these numbers and we're like interesting and then we leave you know not knowing what any of that means typically that's not true they have that little chart right there this that i'm sure applies to every yeah that's green yellow or red yeah yeah and it's like you fall into yeah call your doctor but you never will you're not gonna call your doctor okay okay Um, so so what are vitals vitals are uh so they're measurements of how your body is functioning typically just just plain and simply uh, and those measurements are used to see how well you are or are not doing in an mm. emergency situation and or just casually. 
just while you're existing. And that those measurements are blood pressure mm-hmm. and uh, your respiratory rate, how many times you breathe in one minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart rate, how many times your blood pumps in one minute. Mm-hmm. And also your blood saturation, which is the amount of oxygen that runs through your that your blood is carrying to your vital organs Mm -hmm. and also your blood glucose level which is your blood sugar you know Mm -hmm. how much uh glucose is existing in your body that's what your body runs off of okay so okay this is that's a lot it's a lot of that's a lot of it is and i'm getting the picture now that i don't get that at walgreens or the eye doctor probably not yeah neither one of them okay supply because you know i just got some new glasses so you're fine. So I'm totally cool. <laughs> you're cool. <laughs> I went to the dentist like right. six months yeah, ago. So I'm, yeah, I got my teeth cleaned, so mm-hmm. I'm all good. Yes. Okay, so you do that quarterly. Yes. If, someone's, if someone has a, subscri- a subscription, mm-hmm. you do that quarterly. You go in and you refill the stuff that they have in their first aid kit, whether or not they get it from you. Yes. You'll refill. St- so you take an inventory at the consultation, and then you'll mm-hmm. go in and look at it quarterly, mm-hmm. as well as take their vitals. Yes. That's pretty cool. Okay, and so it, that's what and that's what you do during the consultation as well, or what? What, what is what does that tell, entail? So, yeah, you said that you take stock and then you give them what? What did you say? A script? Yeah. So part of the consultation, what we provide in the consultation, that's just kind of an extra step mm-hmm. that. That's the extra mile that I like to go to just know what I'm working with. Uh That's not necessary just to talk to them. Uh You know, if I just wanted to talk to them, I would just introduce myself and then be like, come to the Zoom meeting at this time. Uh But I like to do that just so I know exactly like what they do and don't have. Uh And it's just like courtesy upon the client. Uh Um, So I can, you know, exercise my best self with them. Uh But... So I, I take inventory of that and I, it gives me, it paints part of the picture uh-huh. of what I'm working with. And then once the consultation starts happening, I just start asking them whether, no matter what type of supplies they do or don't have, it doesn't uh-huh. mean you know how to use them, you know? So I just ask them scenario based questions along the lines of, you know, what would you do if a loved one walked into the room and they're bleeding or if you found someone unconscious or if you yourself had been badly injured or if um, your child was sick and they were having a hard time breathing. See, now you got me a little, a little fucked up with it because uh, <laughs> before that I would have said, well, I call 911. Right. And Dr. Ray was in. Right. And then they usually say that. Uh-huh. They say, oh, I'm going to call 911. You think you got me there? And I'm like, I do. What are you going to say to them? <laughs> right. And then they're like, okay fuck you and that's usually how the conversation goes but um once once i once they understand and i let them know before any of this occurs like i'm gonna ask you questions and these questions aren't here to in any way jeopardize or poke out what you don't know it's just so that i know what you don't know so that i can help you so that so i can know and tell you exactly where this will help you in mm-hmm. case of an emergency all the resources that i'm giving them so then you provide them with i provide them with a uh, 911 call script sheet so mm-hmm. i give them that to them so they can look over it before mm-hmm. they typically don't so we, i always go over with the client, uh, mm-hmm. everything that I've provided with them in the consultation as well, being that 911 call script sheet and then the vital sheet that mm-hmm. I provide, and then also the medical history sheet. 
medical history. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's useful. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, it's useful to know what your medical history is, but right. But what does that what does that mean with regard to first aid? I, I explain how that how a medical history sheet is relevant to a first aid consultation. So. <clears throat> When you are in an emergency, mm-hmm. you typically need uh, medical treatment. You can't typically get that at home mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, you have a doctor there. But even mm-hmm. then, the resources are limited, so you're going to have to go to a hospital or urgent care facility or call an ambulance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that medical history sheet is there to make the people that are helping you, their job easier and also easier on you. It's hard to relay information when you're in shock or when you're injured or when you're sick or, and it's also hard for, you know, that your next of kin, your parent, your spouse to know everything about you along those lines. What's your blood type? What do you have any pre-existing conditions? Do you have allergies? You know, what, what are your baseline vitals? That's not, those aren't really things that you just have off the top of your head existing all the time. Well, I got to say, I'm actually a little stuck on something that you just said. Like, anytime I think about 911 mm-hmm. or an emergency, it's always me handling an emergency that's happened to someone else. Typically, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think about having to handle that on my own. For your own self? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Have you ever had to? Have you ever had to call 911 for yourself? No. Not yet. No, not, not yet. Not yeah. Yet. Now I have I, I'm well. You know what? I actually have never called nine one one personally. I've screamed at someone else to call nine one one. Right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I've never personally called nine one one. Well, if you've ever listened to someone who has called nine one, a lot of it is going. Uh, um. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. Um, of, yeah, it was a. There's frantic so much mess. happening. It was a mess. And they repeat the same question, but like very spaced out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. That's typically how that goes, and sometimes mm-hmm. uh, that call can last for a very long time, mm-hmm. minutes, you know, precious minutes that whoever is in that situation that might not have. So that call script sheet that I give, I provide in the consultation, I go over that with them as well and train them on how to actually relay information the most efficient way in order to get the type of help they need because you don't always just need uh, an ambulance service to come Mm -hmm. save you sometimes you need the police too and by law if you're seen as unsafe or if there's any type of danger whether that be human or animal or Mm -hmm. you know environmental or chemical Mm -hmm. they need to call someone else to go secure the scene and then come help you so they will, if you're bleeding, for example, because you got shot, mm-hmm. you know, the dispatcher needs to hear that. They relay that to the police who need to get there before the ambulance does secure the scene before they can ever help you. So they and, can't even render aid before, until until the scene is safe? They can't. That's why a lot of people don't get the help they need in time, especially if it's in a dangerous situation. Because and, there's danger on the scene or because they didn't relay it properly? Both. So sometimes danger occurs after mm-hmm. the call has been has happened and you can't control that. Mm-hmm. But that's why they ask you not to hang up so that you can relay that info to them. Ah, uh, and okay. so that they can get, you know, updates and relay that to whoever they need to. And so this is all stuff that you go over in a consultation. That, and that now that you're saying, I, I, of course, before this, I never thought about how important it might be. But now that you're talking about it, I realize it's very important. 
It's the most important. Yeah. And you, okay. And you don't ever even think about that until. Until it happens. Yeah. And everybody needs it. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that you're not always ready. No one is always ready. Even me, myself, who was trained in that, if a situation were to arise like that and I Mm -hmm. need to step in, legally, I'm bound to step in. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I don't, I could go to jail for neglect Mm -hmm. or for negligence. Even you're you're just chilling at the gym. Yeah, even if I'm even if I'm off the clock, like I could go to jail for negligence by not intervening. Really? Uh huh. If if there was proof that I was there, mm-hmm. yeah, I could. My intervention could just be calling nine one one and being like, "Buy him out." But mm-hmm. you know, that's good enough for the law or whatever. Uh, there, there's a. I mean, there has to be a line somewhere. I mean, like, if I cut my finger and you didn't help. There's a line. <laughs> okay. But um, they you know. <laughs> They're very strict when it comes to any type of scope of practice or practicing outside of your scope or mm-hmm. not taking action when needed. Mm-hmm. You can get in a serious amount of trouble for it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you so you are basically trying to empower people to be as prepared as they can be. Yeah. If should an emergency arise. Definitely. I just there's just no reason for us not to feel like we have the power to handle a situation like that. And it's especially scary now because, I mean, we're all just, I mean, everyone in the world is just, well, afraid, afraid and kind of, and for the, in most countries, we're just stuck at home Yeah. right now. I mean, and the more we're around each other and the more we're all over each other and all that, I mean, higher concentrations of people whether it's a macro thing like in a city or a micro thing like in a home or, you know, in, in this case in a home because most everybody's at home, the chances for an emergency or an accident to happen go way up. Yeah. People are cooking a lot more. Mm-hmm. People are going outside. They're getting bored. They're, like, climbing on shit. They're yeah. working out more. You know, people are at home with their children people people are doing more activities uh-huh. which leave leaves more room for risk uh-huh. and you know with all that being said this is a time where resources are very limited so to go into a facility to get help is in itself very risky and actually you know what i was reading a thing about the, the, i was reading a thing from this uh, doctor who said that he was you know, what, what, how life had changed. He was talking about this one woman who would come in because she was really scared that she had contracted COVID. Mm-hmm. And he said she tested negative, but the problem is, is that she came in not having it. And now having been here, she almost certainly does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's scary. I mean, you know, and so, yeah, it's scary. And when you are in a, in a space where, even the places that are supposed to save your life are relatively unsafe mm-hmm. to be at. Mm-hmm. Not only are could even if for so for whatever reason you didn't contract it from just the air or a hard surface mm-hmm. in the hospital or accidentally laying on dirty bedding or something, mm-hmm. you could contract it from one of the healthcare workers mm-hmm. and or just by someone walking by you mm-hmm. and when you do not only are you they treating for that emergency that you're already undergoing but they're also treating you for something that's compromising your immune system which then will prevent you from healing from the you know it's just like one domino after the other so the service that you're providing them i mean it, it's it's there's just no arguing that it's valuable no but arguing. but none but 
but it's it's now that we're talking about it, it's making more and more sense that if I am more prepared, like you know, I have a first aid kit, you round it out for me, or you supply, do you just have a standard kit that you recommend, or how does that work? Yeah, we do, so we have on hand four that we've de- or is it? We've have five that we've developed, uh-huh. uh, and then we have add-ons that you can then kind of customize your kit from, or, and or add on to whatever kit you would like to get. Okay, so, so I don't I don't have to buy one of your kits, and you can you can just give me a list of stuff that I might want to add on to my own kit. Yeah, you can do we can do that as well. Like we're not stingy with our info, so I'm not I'm I'm not here to to hoard information yeah to hoard information so that you'll give me money so that I can give it to you mm-hmm. obviously this is a business there's a transaction that needs to happen mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you everything for free mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you all my info for free and mm-hmm. if you scheduled a consultation with me I'm going to make that as most valuable as I possibly can mm-hmm. so if you ask to see what any of those kits look like of course I'm going to provide that information for you and so, and so did um, and so the kits get more what robust as as tears escalate or something or yeah so we so we're, so we're not a first aid uh, supply company mm-hmm. by trade or anything but in a way we are on the low because this whole customizing process but we have different like you said we have different tiers of kits so we have like a basic kit we have a kit that's more specialized for people who are uh, going on long road trips or are in their car a lot or mm-hmm. you know just traveling by road mm-hmm. um, and or backpacking or oh, okay. people who are um, you know in a more rural space mm-hmm. anywhere in the world doesn't matter where you are mm-hmm. we you, right now we only provide in not like in US okay uh, currently. And then we also, from there, move up into what we call like the zombie apocalypse kit, which has literally <laughs> everything that you could possibly need. It's pretty much a small ambulance without mm-hmm. there being a small ambulance, oh, you know, okay. attached to without it. Without Dr. Gray. Without Dr. Gray there. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, anyway, like I was saying, is, is that it seems even more valuable now because not only... Do I have a do I have a kit that's rounded out for me or for my for my needs? Um, I also know how to get the kind of help that I need. Like I can talk to a dispatch. Mm-hmm. Dispatch. Dispatcher. Yeah. I can talk to a dispatch, and um, and they can send me the right kind of help. I'm not uh, not every emergency right and equals the need to go to the hospital. Not not everyone. An emergency for some people is like a super deep cut. You know, like other that, for that other paramedic people. Paramedic can treat when they get the paramedic or EMT can can work with when they get there. Exactly, and so even if emergency services arrives on scene, mm-hmm. they might not always take you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. They might get a consent form saying that they were there and you refused medical treatment because. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they might have recommended it. They try not to do that because mm-hmm. they can get in serious trouble for it. So if you say, I'm hurting and because mm-hmm. I set my toe and you're adamant about going, they're going to take you. Mm-hmm. But that holds up service for people who really need it. Mm-hmm. And especially in times like this, the goal is to make you prepared so you don't have to put yourself at more risk by doing any of that. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So how did this idea come up? What, 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 what happened? So... Because I've never heard of a business like this. That one doesn't exist except for for this one, mm-hmm. and 
that is really rare and special, mm-hmm. but also uh, really scary to pioneer into something <laughs> without, yeah, you know, like it helps that, you know, I'm trained in this, but if I wasn't, I'd be even more afraid mm-hmm. uh, and it would be way more difficult. But so how did the idea come about? The idea came because since I'm trained, I had just graduated from EMT school mm-hmm. And I was hanging out with my dad, and he asked me to go through some of his uh, first aid supplies that he had gathered over the years. Mm-hmm. He likes to, he's a very outdoorsy guy. He has a lot of, uh, you know, emergency backwoods kind of style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, first aid. Moonshine, moonshine yeah, style. Exactly. And so he likes to, like, make his own tourniquets and shit. Mm-hmm. And, um, which so you just is do not, that, just do that for fun. Right, which is not recommended uh-huh. to do that. But um yeah, and so he asked me to do it and I was like, I'm good. He asked you to do what? To make his kit for him. Oh, okay. To to organize it in such a way that an EMT would see to be it, you know, most efficient. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, okay, no. And then he was like, yes. And I was like, okay. So I went <laughs> and I did it and I organized it. And then he asked me to write a list of things that he was missing and needed from, you know, t- to complete the kit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just started, you know, getting my EMT on and, you know, writing everything down and organizing, putting emergency things first and less important, you know, things last. What on the list or how do, what do you mean? Well, in the, in the, in the, box that he had he has like this box of the that has like a removable shelf in it and mm-hmm. you have to remove it to get to the bottom of the box and so i was thinking you know what that doesn't seem very efficient when someone's not breathing so i just decided to put everything like up front and then the band-aids and gauze and shit and cold packs at the bottom wait 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 wait, wait. so you put all the emergency stuff in like if I have it in the cabinet, mm-hmm. you put all the emergency emergency stuff before you put the aspirin and. Oh hell yeah! You put all that shit before. before so the aspirin the and all the like all my band aids and my like neosporin is at the back. At the back, yes. In in that his is, case, uh-huh. but recommended you have multiple areas for everything because you you don't want to have to always rearrange things. So that brings to mind like that 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 just wow the enorm the enormity of that because it, if if it were me I would I and I would hope that it that this isn't something I'm too far separated from most other people with is mm-hmm. that it would seem to me that most people would be inclined to keep Tylenol and band aids and antibiotic ointment where they could get it most easily. And yeah. then all my emergency shit would be in the back. And you're telling me that's wrong. That is very wrong. That's that's not, it's not that it's wrong. I shouldn't say it's it's wrong. It's not efficient. Not optimal. It's not optimal. It's not what's gonna get you your best results in the moment of emergency. Yeah, because now that you've said that, it makes me realize that in an, in an emergency, I'd run up to that shelf or cabinet and just scoop it off the table. Or out of the out of the thing like a mad scientist, you know. Shit, and that's how it go. Yeah, and like you just be ripping through shit when the things happen. You know, you don't have time to be cute and organized about it. Mm-hmm. But when things, when you're grabbing shit and there's like blood on your hands or vomit on you mm-hmm. or like any type of bodily fluid or like a child is not breathing, mm-hmm. you know, you need to grab that 
immediately and help someone mm-hmm. or something without contaminating anything else also. Wow. Okay. And so this is, so this is advice that, oh, I'm sorry, you had said that you did this for your father. I did. Okay. All right. So I go ahead. So go ahead. So how did this, how, how did that evolve into health guard? So that, that came about the same day. Uh, just, I was, you know, babysitting some snotty kids and <laughs> it was fun and all and it was fine making ends meet and shit and uh-huh. then finally when they went to bed and I was waiting for their parents to get home I was just watching TV hanging out and I had gotten to thinking without like a solid thought mm-hmm. being there uh, about what type of services existed outside of being an EMT. You know, I while I am certified in EMT, I after experiencing the life for a little bit, mm-hmm. very small exposure time, but I just realized that, that that type of lifestyle, like out of a firehouse, really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to find different career solutions and opportunities. And so I thought I would work in transport, just transporting like dialysis patients. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, that sounds so depressing. And and I just really was trying to, and then I wanted to travel to do it. I mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, go across borders, but you have to pay them for you to help them. And that <laughs> seems ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds really attractive. Yeah, that sounds like awesome because mm-hmm. rent isn't a thing either. Yeah, no. Um, but, you know, that was, I was so I was looking for something to pay me to do what mm-hmm. I love to do, which is help people. And... Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering, oh, maybe there's like a special type of company out there that provides, you know, just equipment and like you're not having to actually deal with, you know, emergencies yourself. And I was looking it up and there wasn't one. And then I just started talking to my dad. I was like, well, what about this maybe? Mm-hmm. And it was a loose version of what it is now. We pretty much like we, we stuck to what we thought it would be. And it mm-hmm. turned out to be very similar to that. But I just mentioned it, and he thought it was a good idea. And so we just, from that day on, which was not that long ago, maybe mm-hmm. two and a half months ago, mm-hmm. almost three, uh, we've been working on it every day since. And you've gotten some clients and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah, slow right now, you know, uh-huh. with, with everything uh, going on. And, you know, times are hard. But, you know, trying at this time, just trying to put out content and figure out what type of content. Because I'm not, this is not something I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know how to run a business. So I'm just learning as I go. Gotcha. Okay. So someone wants to get a consultation with you. Mm-hmm. Um what does that look like? What do they do? Just get a hold of me anywhere on the internet. You can go to any major platform, Twitter. I'm not on Snapchat, but you can go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, now soon to be Spotify um, and iTunes, Google Play, and then also my website at healthguardfirstaid.com. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, my handle is healthguard underscore one word. And, you know, you can just DM me or you can go on my website and call the number that's provided on there or email me Mm -hmm. and I'll get back to you within 24 hours. Or if I see your call right then and there, we'll talk. Okay. So someone goes on one of your platforms or your website and they can schedule a consultation and then, and then that's how the process starts. That's just how, that's, that's how we start, start things off. Okay. And I I mean, obviously, you know, you're not able to provide vitals and stuff right now. Like you said, you Mm. you did, but, but, um, but you, you, um, just like everybody else, you're kind of having to try to, you're 
having to figure out how to work business virtually. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that, that's been a challenge. But due to that, there are different rate deals that are going on. So typically we charge a little bit more for consultations. Mm-hmm. Um, but given everything in some of the parts of the consultation won't be provided, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my consultations will be longer, mm-hmm. you know, virtually. And they will also uh, be cheaper. Oh, Okay. Okay, so healthguardfirstaid.com on uh, as your website, and mm-hmm. then everywhere else your handle is healthguardfirstaid underscore. underscore. Yeah, and on Facebook, healthguardfirstaid, healthguard underscore, whatever. You'll mm-hmm. find me anywhere. Everywhere. Okay. Oh, healthguard. Yeah, healthguard underscore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before we go, I I looked up some trivia. Thank. Ooh. Yeah. What do you have? Uh, so, do you know when first aid first got formalized? Um, I should know because we've done this like four times, but I don't remember. Okay. Uh, well, so as early as 500 BC, battle bandaging battle wounds was reflected on pottery. Do they know like from where though? Like no, what? Well, I, I, you, you don't see it. Yeah, I don't know why you gotta go there. Oh, I just I, wanted I to know. Yeah, I don't know why you gotta do that. Oh, man, whatever. Anyway, okay. But wait, yes, wait, I, ha- I have a question. What's that? 500 BC. That means before Christ? Before Common Era. Before before yeah. Common Era. Uh-huh. So what the fuck is all that? Like What do you mean? The time. Like what? like how do how does that go? Did it start at 1 and then now it's like 2020? But before 1, like year 1, it was BC. Yes. So the way that that works, okay, quite a departure. The way that that works, no, I get it. I get it. But the way that that works is uh, the time from before the year zero, basically, it used to be called before BC, which was before Christ, but now they call it BCE, which is before common era. Okay. And the way that that works is like, let's say that you have something that occurred 10,000 BCE. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's a long time ago. Long time. You know, woolly mammoth kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Uh, then you have something that occurred um, uh, 5,000 BCE. Mm-hmm. That is more recent than 10,000 BCE. Right, so it moves, it, it moves it negatively counts, but yeah, forward. It, yeah, the, okay. the, the, the lower the number, the more recent the occurrence. So five. this is 500 This is 500 BC, BC. BCE. Yeah. So while it's not super long ago, it's still super long ago. It, yeah. Yeah. That's deep. That's just... <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That's a good one. Okay. It is so deep. Um, uh, okay. Anyway, but it wasn't until 1767 mm-hmm. when a Society for the Preservation of Life from Accidents in Water was started in Amsterdam. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool because there's yeah. that major river that runs like right yeah. through there. So I'm, I'm sure that must yeah. have been. Like that was a, drowning was a big deal. A big deal. Yeah. In 1774. Could just this, say a swim class. What's that? They should have just hosted swim classes. Right. Yeah. Let's just do swim class. We'll just mm-hmm. avoid it all, all together. Mm-hmm. In 1774, the Society for the Recovery of Drowned Persons was started. Was that was, right after? Well, the first one was in 1767. This, was in, when, this one was in 1774. And that one, the Society for the Recovery of Drowned Persons, uh, was the first uh, organization to really formalize resuscitation. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. That's like the number one thing in first aid. Yeah. They're gone. You better bring them back. Yeah. You better try. Uh, All right. So there you go. 
that's that. Anyway, little piece of trivia. We'll uh, try and have more of those, uh, the uh, more little trivia excerpts. Mm-hmm. And as, uh, uh, medical legends and stories mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see what we can bring it what we can bring to you. Anyway, Troy Pereira, Health Guard First Aid. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.